Yo, ladies and gentlemen, in this episode, we're going to be interviewing the amazing, the incredible Deja Inahosa. She is running for Collier County Commissioner. She is a fireball. I tell you what, she has so much energy. She is so inspiring. I'm excited for you guys to hear this episode because here we talk about why she is running, what is she running on, what are some of the hardships that she's endured and how she's overcome them, and we also talk about my favorite, Brandon Economics. So let's go ahead and get this thing going. Gentlemen, welcome to the Chris Tubb Show. I'm so happy that you guys are here. Today, we have a very special guest. She is from Florida. She is running for the Collier County Commissioner. Deja, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing fantastic. How is Florida? Okay, what is the weather like out there right now? Actually, it's it's actually cold today. People oh. are wearing Uggs and leggings and sweaters. <laughs> it's wow. about... I, I think it's like maybe high 60s, maybe low 70s. Well, that's cold. You that is that's cold. cold. Wow. <laughs> yep, so that's cold. In Colorado, it is 35 right now where I'm living, <laughs> and we're expected to get snow today. So <laughs> it's a totally drastic difference. I would rather be down there in Florida, though. That's for sure. Yeah, you can always tell who's visiting because they're wearing shorts and flip flops right now. And we're all wearing coats and jackets. Oh, man. That's so funny. So I visited Florida, uh, actually the Naples area. Uh, it was actually the beginning of 2020 before everything hit. Did you come and to see the table? What's that? Did you come to see the table? See the table? Yeah. The table? Yeah. Yeah. I saw, well, I had, um, I saw Jake out there, our mutual friend and mm -hmm. everything. And um, it was so funny because you're like, oh, you're such a snowbird. You're such a snowbird. I'm like, what the heck is that, man? Like, I'm just here. <laughs> like, I'm here just enjoying Florida. They're like, dude, it's because you came here in the middle of winter, our winter, and you're wearing shorts and everything. I'm like, dude, it's 50 degrees. It feels great. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're considered. Yeah. We know. We know you're not from here. <laughs> yeah. You guys can easily tell. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, easy, man. Easy to spot an out of towner. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, so I want to get into talking about how you got into running for county commissioner. Like what was, what, like, how did it all happen? Because I mean, um, it seems like now a lot of people are taking action who maybe thought they weren't even going to be running for something like this. Were you that person? So I'm, I'm from the business sector. Right. Okay. I, I've been running, um, you know, businesses and corporations um, for the last 12 years. Mm. And actually, now I've been in Naples for 10 years. It's actually been longer than, uh, since 2009. That's longer. So since 2009, I've been in business and I've loved being in business because I'm very natural with people. I, um, you know, I lead teams. I'm a team builder. And I love seeing people grow. I love giving great customer service. I love going above and beyond for people. Um, and I love producing. I mean, that's literally one of our mandates from our creator is that we were literally born to produce. Absolutely. And so um, I'm just doing what I was born to do. <laughs> I love so, it. So I've, been in, so I've been in business. I've been loving it. And mm. actually in 2019, I decided to retire my hat in the corporate world and become a consultant. Okay. So I got into business consulting in 2019. I actually started consulting a salon, which I helped her grow to a million dollar business. Um, being a sole proprietor, turning into a woman who basically created an S corp and she has a whole team now. Um, you know, she's doing, she's doing wonderful. And so that was amazing to be a part of her, her growth, seeing her be a new stylist from Chicago moved down to Naples and her business exploded. So wow. um, from there, I uh, then got into the law field because I, essentially I wanted to build a school. I wanted to build a leadership training academy because I feel like a lot of times right now, 
Um, you know, we've got a lot of people suffering from poverty and, you know, they can't seem to get a good wage job. And so you know, they're crying out for these $15 minimum wage um, jobs. And really, it's not about the money. It's about their skill set. Right. It's about what do they have to contribute? How are they going to bring value? Mm -hmm. And so I decided, I said, you know what? I really think it'd be amazing to have some sort of leadership training academy where we can teach business principles and leadership and help people gain a skill so that they're not just, you know, fighting for the bare minimum, you know, right. like yeah. who wants to make the bare minimum? <laughs> You know, right. like when you go into a company, I don't think what's the least amount of money that I can make. Um, <laughs> I go and think one, how can I go in and add the most value so that that company couldn't afford to lose me? Exactly. That's the attitude people have to have. So, so with that, I thought, well, in order to build a school, I'm going to have to make some money. So I got into real estate and as a salesperson, I got to be honest, I didn't like real estate. <laughs> it was, why just, is that? It just, it was not the kind of sales I liked. I don't know how to explain uh, it, but I just, I didn't really like it. So anyways, I had gotten to the, the law field, which was great because now with everything that's been going on, I'm so thankful that I stepped into the law field. Um, I had started out learning the other side of real estate, which was the, um, the lending side. So I had started working for an attorney who we were doing real estate closings, yada, yada, and going to a litigation firm, thankful because the mask mandate came up. And I said, listen, I'm not wearing a mask. Mm -mm. So you're mm -mm. not putting a mask on me. <laughs> nope. So I ended up having to make some changes. But in May of 2020, mm. um, I had realized when the, sh when the shutdown started, Yep. They were going to close, they closed our beaches here. And that upset me. I was like, oh, we yeah. don't live in Naples to not go to the beach. Exactly. The one thing you're going, we can do is go to the beach and you're going to take that away from us. Mm. No, not on my watch. So, <laughs> so, so we started going to the County commission meetings and I actually decided that I was going to run for office because I didn't like, um, I didn't like how the government decided that one, they were going to mandate masks and close our beaches, but two, the fact of how they handled the pandemic mm. is what really struck with me. Mm. If people look to county government as leadership, because essentially when you're a county commissioner here in, in Collier County, you're kind of like a CEO of the entire county, yep. but you, you manage a small district. Yes. So you're kind of responsible. You represent that small district, but essentially you're one fifth CEO of the county. Mm -hmm. So when people are looking to leadership, they're not looking to the leadership to have more fear instilled in them. Right. They're looking for someone who's going to say, listen, we don't know what's going on. This is new and different for us, but, you know, don't be afraid you know, um, if you decide you want to close your business because you want to stay home, that is absolutely your prerogative. If you want to keep your business open because you still got to put food on the table and you're going to go be on those front lines, mm -hmm. keep your business open. Yep. I didn't like how they just said, oh, we have no idea what this is. And this is it. We got to shut down the businesses and we got to shut down the beach and we got to, oh, we got to put masks on you. And oh my God, it's killing everybody. Like mm -hmm. that was the attitude. Right. And I thought, I've worked in leadership for quite a long time. Mm. This is not someone who's exercising good leadership. So I thought I'm going to run for office because I do know good leadership. Right. So, so you, you just saw what they were doing. You're like, wow, that's totally contrary to obviously something that you would do, but obviously what is something of great leader would do? Yes, absolutely. Um, not only did I discover a deep spiritual conviction to do this, mm. but I knew that I, it actually came to a moment where I realized I was actually born to do this. Okay. And that's what really has changed everything for me because I really didn't know my purpose in life mm. as I was running businesses. I kind of thought, is this all? Is this all I'm doing is just running business, which I loved it, but I thought there's got to be more. There's right. going to be something that really gets me excited and that really stimulates me to, mm -hmm. to perform at my best, yeah. right? When we do things that we love and we're naturally skilled at, 
we explode and we flourish because it's it's innate it's built in us mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so so when i decided to run for county government and i noticed i had a ton of support the whole idea of even getting into it something just birthed inside of me mm. i don't know how else to describe it but i feel like i'm like you know what I was born to do this. Mm -hmm. And then everything just started just happening. And it was like, it be, it was very, it's actually been very easy mm. for me. Um, and it's kind of wonderful and special because here in Collier County, we have pretty swampy politics. Mm. What do you mean by that? We have quite a bit of corruption that's happening in our county mm. that a lot of things get swept under the rug. And I'm actually publicly saying this <laughs> yeah, semi for the first time, hmm. but um, I'm here to challenge that status quo. I'm here to be that person who says, no, we yep. need to bring authentic leadership in government because an authentic leader understands you don't abuse people and you don't abuse and misuse your and mismanage your resources. Exactly. So if we have something like a $2 billion budget in our county, yet we're allowing people to be kicked out of their homes because of the rising inflation, we can't say we're exercising good leadership. No, no. Okay. Um, there are some funny things that I can't necessarily prove, mm -hmm. but you know, when you talk to people, you know, you put some things together. So I'm never going to actually say anything I can't. I can't physically prove, sure. um, but there's a lot of things that need to be looked into as far as the leadership in our government. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm someone who's not afraid. I'm not afraid to take on big corporations. I had to sue a company before because mm. they, uh, they said some very terrible things to me. They treated me very badly. And they thought that just because I was making minimum wage and I was 23 years old, that I wasn't going to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And I did something about it. And I, I saw a victory in that. And it was not only just the fact that I won against a billion dollar company was the fact that I wanted to prove a point. Mm. You can't abuse people. Right. And expect not to be consequences. So me running for office is their consequence. That's just that. Right. Well, I, I always see leadership as a bigger platform to serve people. You know, yes. I was always taught that leaders are mainly servants. They're there for the people, you know, and that's how the founding fathers set our country up is the House of Representatives, the people that go into office, whoever it is, serve the people, you know, Absolutely. consent to the govern. That's how it's supposed to work. And not a lot of people think that not, not a lot of people really know that they don't know what leadership is about. They really think, oh, if I'm a leader, I can do whatever the hell I want now. Yeah. And that's just not the way it's supposed to be. Leadership is influence. Um, two of my two of my top, I would say, leadership trainers are John Maxwell. Mm. Are you familiar? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, John Maxwell and Miles Monroe. And okay. the reason why I like those two the best is because one, John Maxwell really, he has more of a faith-based leadership style, yep. but yep. he's so like, he just loves people. Yeah. And when you read his books, um, you just, you feel his sense of just like love for wanting to see people succeed. Exactly. Right. And always looking inward to think, okay, every day, am I serving to the best of my ability? Am I living to my highest potential? And, um, so I, I really like that. And I, I, I lead, like I have learned from John Maxwell, that is my mm. leadership style, um, mm. because I pretty much have kind of grown up with that since I got into business back in 09 and miles Monroe, because I actually am a part of a, um, a nonprofit community called agents for change. And we actually, um, have a leadership program that really focuses on self-discovery a portion of leadership. So really discovering who you are, um, you know, why you were born, what you were created to do, what natural gifts and abilities do you have that are, are needed for a greater good, a greater vision for the future, because everyone was born to be a leader. Yes. Everyone was born and given the capabilities to lead in their own sphere of influence. 
So whether you're an engineer, an architect, a builder, an artist, a, a teacher, a janitor, I mean, someone's got to clean it, right? Someone's yep. got to do the job. No yep. matter what it is, everyone has a part to play in this big thing we call life. Yes. And so the biggest crisis we have is actually an identity crisis. Exactly. 100%. People, people don't know who they are. And so they're running around experimenting constantly, not sure, you know, fighting for those minimum wage jobs because they don't know that you were not actually born to be an employee. Right. You were born to be a leader. There's something that you're supposed to be leading in. So mm -hmm. those two are my favorite because that literally has become my entire philosophy. Yeah. And that's, people know that every day, any person that knows me or meets me in my town will be able to say the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I just, so that's why I feel like I should be in government. I'm like, I've never, I've never seen a county leader or a house representative or a state legislator that has actually had my mindset. So I'm like, well, I might be the first. Yeah. Yeah. There's not that many people out there like that. And like, like we said, you know, the whole point of being a leader or being a position in government is to serve the people. That's yes. how our entire country was built. That's how it was run. And that's how it's supposed to be run. So mm -hmm. um, what yeah. has been some like the hardest points in your campaign so far? Have you hit a major roadblock and how have you overcome it? <laughs> Such a great question. Uh, what time is it? Okay. So the biggest roadblock in my campaign has actually been um, something that I'm actually kind of excited to talk about because okay. I haven't really talked about it. So me doing this podcast with you, I've actually kind of been super incognito for about two and a half months. Mm. Okay. I pulled a Trump card in my own okay. county. Okay. And so let me just give you a little bit of history. Yes. In 2020, when the shutdown started, my friend Dan Cook and I started the largest local freedom movement in Collier County. Mm. The two of us were responsible for starting with 13 people who decided to go and speak out against the mask mandate. We went and made a petition. We started going to see the table, collecting petitions, signatures for our petitions. We met thousands of people. When I tell you that I couldn't go to the grocery store to buy bacon because I would be there for two and a half hours because I would be stopped by everybody. And I'm not saying that to be egotistical. I'm just stating a fact. Right. Um, I was, was, we were inundated by people coming up to us out of the woodworks, driving an hour from Golden Gate Estates to come out to see the table, to shake my hand and say, thank you for standing up for us. Thank you for going out there and fighting and standing against these mass mandates. And they really looked to me for that leadership. Come on. And it was overwhelming because being someone who's in business, you would think when I'm on the sales floor or running a store, I'm very like loud and I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I can multitask. I'm doing a lot of things, but I really am kind of introverted when it comes to, I like being in smaller groups. Yes. And so having thousands of people constantly thanking me and all these things, it would, I didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. And so I just kind of, but I rolled with it, you know, I'm like, okay, go with the flow, roll with it. Yes. You're welcome. No problem. It's my pleasure. Like, yep. and it actually gave me an opportunity to really show my leadership and how I'm able to serve people mm -hmm. because when it came down to them doing the mass mandate, um, um, see the table became a target with the County yep. Yep. became a target. And um, apparently they were receiving fines. Well, I had actually followed his lawsuit. Thank God I worked in the law field. Mm -hmm. I followed his lawsuit. And I actually, from their discovery, I went and then took that discovery. And I went in front of the county government. And I said, you lied about the magistrate hearing. You lied about having an enforceable order. Yet you told everyone and made them feel like if they didn't force their customers to wear masks or even their employees, that they were going to be fined or shut down. That is wrong. And I said, and based on your jurisdiction and how our county government is set up, we're a non-charter form of government. You do not get to make laws. You must abide to Florida state law where there is not a mask mandate. Exactly. 
So that kind of really kicked a lot of things off as well. People were like, wow, what is this? We don't actually have a mandate. And I said, no, you don't. I said, do not be afraid to not enforce masks on your employees or your customers. Do not be afraid to be fine because it's all null and void. It's smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it's, where that came out. It's funny how the corrupt people, they tried to do that. They tried to just do everything out of fear. You know, once again, the opposite of a leader, a leader is supposed to lead someone by showing value, by serving them. But when they do it, they do out of fear. Yes. Yes. And so from there, then I I announced that I was running for for county commissioner and people were all about it. Come on. And then I started getting lots of people who wanted to give me their opinion, their advice. And I'm being pulled in a million different directions, being told to follow all of this advice because this is how it's always been done. Right. So people bless them for wanting to try to help me, but they tried to put me in a box. You can't put a maverick in a box. <laughs> no, you okay? can't. Come on. A no. maverick creates the way. Yeah. So that's where challenging the status quo came in because then I had to start going against everything, everyone who said, well, I've been in politics this long and this is how things have always been. And I said, really? But do we really have to keep doing it that way? Exactly. Right. So that's where that kind of started. Well, I lost a lot of support in doing that. Mm. Mm. A lot of people who said they were behind me, that they were going to back me if I decided to run, not only through money, but also through time. They left my camp and they went somewhere else. And you know what? I'm still here. If anything... I'm here better and stronger than I was when I first decided to run. Yep. So I pulled my Trump card. I wanted to see who are my loyal people? Who are the people really in my corner? So I reprieved back for about two months. I didn't work with any clients. I didn't, I basically didn't take in any money. I said, you know what? I'm going to take some time so I can hit the books. I can study. I can wrap my mind around this. And honestly, like my advisor now is so... That's what I'm working with now. And um, it's actually kind of funny because if this gets aired (laughs) in Naples, um, a lot of those people are really going to start seeing who they, who they jump ship from. Um, And so I'm, I'm just really excited because I'm not, I don't have a political advisor. Um, You know, I've only raised, I think maybe about $15,000 so far. It is a hundred thousand dollar raise. Um, But I do have a huge fundraiser coming up in March. So people are going to be really surprised to see who's going to come out and publicly endorse me um, and also um, support my campaign and support me overall. So um, how I've overcome these things is honestly, I wake up every day and I'm like, Deja, you're a maverick. Yeah. You were born for this. And your attitude towards adversity and challenges is 100% 100% different when you know you were born to do it versus you're just in it. I thought, man, if I was someone who wasn't born to do this, I would definitely have quit probably six months ago. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I'd have been like, you know what? I don't have a hundred thousand dollars. I don't have, you know, big, huge donors. And I don't have all these political supporters. Oh, because um, there was this one gal who said that if I wanted to win this election, I was going to have to join her club. (laughs) And I said, that's the exact reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because I'm not going to join your club. So, um, you know, I don't do, I don't do the political thing. I don't go to all the political events. I don't rub shoulders and schmooze people um, just for their vote. I said, listen, I want you to vote for me because you feel confident in my ability to lead and to represent you as your county commissioner. I don't want you to vote for me because of what you think I can do for you and because of who I'm affiliated with. That's why we have problems. Do you want to know that I actually, in my quest, when I decided I was first going to run, um, I said, okay, well, I've got to be on a, in a season of discovery. I've got to start talking to anyone and anyone who's willing to talk to me about what it's going to take to really size up in government. And my focus has not been and is still not on just winning. My focus every day is on how can I educate myself since people who I thought were going to help me aren't actually trying to help me. Um, how can I educate myself to find out 
how I'm going to add value to this county. Yes. And that's what I've been doing. I go to the county meetings. I'm reading the CRA documents. I'm going through growth management plan. You've obviously, you know, you've probably seen my videos on YouTube. Um, you know, we've really been talking about a lot of things for the future as far as mm -hmm. just how people want to govern our society. Um, but I asked someone who is in government and I said, I said, if you had to tell me like a few things that I really need to know about how I can be really successful as a county commissioner, what would that be? And you want to know what that person told me? What they say? Raise the most money and get the popular vote. Mm. Mm. And they said, the job is easy. Winning is hard. Sure. And you know yeah. how that made me feel? It made me feel like this is why we have problems. Yeah. Exactly. Because we're electing people based on how much money they've raised mm -hmm. and how many people, like how many, how many votes they can get. And I've exactly. seen politicians because they've ridden on my back of voter uh, audiences. Mm -hmm. I've seen them, you know, they kind of they kind of flex what they say based on who they're talking to. Right, right. So you sway someone here and sway someone there, and they're like, "Well, you got to go on. You got to get. You got to get those votes." Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. We need to go on and influence. Yes, that's what we do. We exactly. get people to vote for us because we have influence, because they look at something and they're like, you know what? And there's something different about that, that, that candidate. Mm -hmm. They're not like all the ones we've had before. Mm -hmm. And I think 2020 was that was, that was a transition. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see so many wonderful American citizens running for office now. Yep. Um, I love the, the gentleman who ran for, I believe it was, was it state rep in, um, uh, New Jersey, mm -hmm. Edward Durr. Are you talk about the truck driver? Yes. Yep. Yep. He raised what five thousand dollars, and yeah. he beat the second most powerful person in New Jersey. Yeah. Yo, before we get into the rest of this episode, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say this show is brought to you by me. Yes, me. My show is brought to you by me, my patriotic merch store, ChrisTubbsShop.com. It's, it's all about just having patriotic merch on there. It's incredible. It's amazing to have this shirt here. We the people. It's my favorite shirt on here. It fits amazing, super soft. Man, not only do I have shirts on there, I have hoodies. I have uh, some mugs on there, some stickers. Guys, you'll like it. I promise you. So go ahead, check it out, ChrisTubbsShop.com. Yeah, see, it's not about the money. Money does oh. help. It can, it could be a good. Sure. It, all it is is just a tool. But it just matters about what you're talking about. Influence. How do you treat people? You know, what's your vibe about? You know, what what are you what are you going to do to serve people? Which is exactly yes, what you're of saying. Course. And you know, I want to bring Trump up because mm -hmm. this is why people really like Trump. Because let's think about it. Mm -hmm. If you're a business person who is a billionaire and you have good ideas, you can do anything. Sure. Okay. Sure. And you know, you know, the, the principle of production, we got to produce, everyone's mm -hmm. got to produce. You don't want to be like the fig tree and be cursed. Exactly. Everyone's got to produce. But if people were to shift their mindset and imagine I'm already a billionaire. So if I just have good ideas and I trust that I was born to do it, well, then you become completely unstoppable. And that's why Trump was so successful because he wasn't concerned about the money per se. He wasn't concerned about getting in with the right people and you know, you know, puppeteering for everybody. He was like, listen, I'm a business person. I'm a marketing genius. And the people are sick and tired of corrupt politicians. I'm gonna go in and drain the swamp. Exactly. That's the attitude that I have. Come on. Mixed oh, with a little Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> oh man she's well, my other like role model like whoop, i am actually reading her book and so you might be seeing some videos of me at the waterboard okay okay <laughs> man i'm getting fired up right now i'm like maybe i should go run right now <laughs> <laughs> honestly uh, i encourage i encourage everyone to think about running or absolutely. to get involved somehow because we're in 2022 now yeah life Life as we know it is never going to be the same again. So now that we've already been forced to adjust 
everything about the way we do life. I think that people should, more regular people should be getting, getting involved in taking leadership roles in their counties and their cities. I totally agree. In their states. I totally agree. 100%. I think that's a good transition because I want to talk about what your thoughts are on the Supreme Court halting the vax mandates, not just, uh, you know, not for the healthcare workers, which is a bummer, but for everyone else, for the big uh, businesses. What do you think about that? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I've got uh, one thing to say. Don't tread on me. (laughs) Yes, come on. I love it. You know, when we start mandating anything, we honestly start getting into a really sticky situation. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I am really concerned with the future of America just because we know that we are the last freestanding sovereign nation. So there are other nations who are just waiting to pounce on us. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know... I'm really glad the Supreme Court halted that mandate because obviously, I mean, (laughs) either, either you don't help, you halt this mandate or people are honestly going to start rising up. And I would say almost maybe like a civil war. 100%. So, you know, I'm like, don't do the mandates. Let us keep our guns. Uh, Let's get crazy stuff that's in our school systems. That's being taught to these children. Mm -hmm. Lord knows. I haven't seen a, um, what is it? Uh, uh, a spelling bee in a while, you know, I don't think these kids are actually even learning anything. It's just, it's all, it's all a little crazy. Um, I'm a little concerned, but I am really happy to see that they did uh, strike down that mandate. I'm definitely absolutely disappointed that they, um, they didn't strike it down for healthcare workers. I mean, it makes no sense to me. It makes I, no sense to me because they're the ones that were, you know, Let's just say that COVID is really as deadly as they say. I, you know, me personally, I don't really believe that. I think there's a lot more early treatments that could be happening, but they're the ones that were treating it in the beginning, right? And there was no vaccine. And mm-hmm. now they're being treated like crap because they, yeah. they don't have the vaccine. Even though yeah. we've seen, you know, at least for me, I've seen a lot of harmful stuff come from that vaccine. So yes. it it's... It makes no sense to me. It's like, why would you go after them when you were the ones that were advocating for them in the, in the, in the beginning? Yeah. I, I don't get it. If we're not going to be pushing for people to be mandated to eat their vegetables, you know, drink enough water, get sunlight, get exercise every day yep. because, you know, you know, people can choose if you want to choose to do all the things that you shouldn't be doing to abuse your body, then that is your prerogative. Exactly. But I mean, we, we just, we can't be mandating things. We just, you do one, you do all. So I think it's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope because once again, it goes against freedom. It goes against serving the people, you know, seems like that's our theme for this podcast. But when you do, when you go against people's freedoms, then like you're saying, that's a slippery slope. But it just it just doesn't do good for the entire um, entire environment, the entire no. world. It just doesn't, especially tyranny doesn't, tyranny doesn't end through compliance. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. does not. Look at Australia. I have I have um, we have some students that um, went through our program that live in Australia and they were literally like in their home prison for over 18 months. It's ridiculous. I mean, in Canada does get into that point now. I don't know if you saw, but they're wanting to tax the unvaccinated over there <laughs> in Quebec. It's like, what? Like, wow. there goes your medical freedom. Like, obviously, yeah. they know who isn't, who isn't, or who is. And whoever isn't will get taxed a crap ton. They're trying to, <laughs> it's, it, oh, it's, it pisses me off, but it, it's just, absolutely ridiculous you better plan for that in our growth management plan because people are going to start one they're going to be homeless they're going to be homeless by a nice beach <laughs> <laughs> yeah right yeah just go on the beach it'd be nice i'm like listen if you're going to tax me for being unvaccinated well then i'm going to take my bag of books my notebook and a pen and a blanket and i'm i'm going to the beach oh man you know that's where i would live thank goodness we have the second amendment here because honestly i think if we didn't have it we would be just as worse or worse off than Australia right now. It's ridiculous. Yes. 
I believe they're in there. I believe they're in that mess because they don't have any weapons. Well, yeah, they gave it up in the nineties. They gave up their weapons in the nineties and that was a big mistake, but you know, that's what happens when you have corrupt government. Um, I'm going to go to our our next question and um, it might be one of our last questions, depending on how much time we have, but um, I'm sorry. I'm a talker. I'm sorry. No, I love it. I, it's, it's, that's nothing against you. I love what you've been saying. You've been. Absolutely okay, cool. <laughs> um, I want to talk about, I, I heard this term uh, a few days ago and I loved it. Brandonomics, just what's happening with <laughs> Joe Biden and all of the inflation that's happening. Um, I'm really curious though, because what is it like down in Florida? Is it, because here in Colorado, um, we do. There are some stores that are just don't have any food on them. Um, wow! And like it's empty. Yeah, in, in some areas. I mean, it's not. It's not super bad. Like I've seen in some of the pictures, but I don't. I just know that Florida is way more different. Like it has a lot more freedom. So, what is it like down there? And in, just in general, what are your thoughts yeah. on? <laughs> so, um, I mean, if anyone knows, in Naples and Collier County, we're right. one of the wealthiest counties um, in America. Right. So, um, as far as things that I've seen on the shelves, I don't really shop on the inner workings of the stores. I okay. shop on the outer. That's what I learned. In, want to lose weight <laughs> shop on the outside of the store mm-hmm. um so but i have seen a lot of cream cheese you can't find any cream cheese that's for some reason gone um a lot of our toilet paper and paper towels seem to be very low mm. and um uh like the chip gatorade i haven't seen gatorade in a while wow, um they don't have any frescas ever and i love fresca uh, <laughs> i can't get anymore i'm like dang it um but as far as overall the biggest problem we're having right now is with our workforce community the inflation of the market that is our largest issue right now um people's rent is going up (laughs) upwards of 50 percent people like my tube i live in a two-bedroom apartment um granted they're brand new and you know new communities are always like you know the hot thing um, but a two bedroom apartment, I got it for 2180 in December, December of, um, uh, 2020. Cause yeah, cause I needed to be a resident. I need to move out by April. Um, the two bedroom going rent now is upwards of $4,000 for a renewal. Whoa. Okay. Yikes. Oh this goodness. is a problem. That's so a huge problem. yes. And I'm actually beginning to address this problem. Uh, which unfortunately I'm not going to be revealing what I'm going to be doing mm-hmm. on this podcast today, but um, on the 25th, I will be going back to the, the Collier County government uh, meeting and making some comments regarding um, our really big issue that we're facing right now, because if we don't do something about this very soon, and I'm not talking about building section eight housing, if we don't do something about this very soon, um, we are either one, just going to run out people like myself, who will not be able to afford $4,000 for rent. Um, or two, we're going to have a lot of people like myself who are not going to have a place to live. Right, right. Yeah. And then the people who can't afford it, who come from, you know, California and New York, they're, they're used to spending five, six, seven million dollars for an apartment. They can afford that. So we just kind of like we shift people almost. And I don't want to see that happen because it's just not, it's not, that's not humanitarian. No, no. And we're a county that has a a $2 billion budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People can make money here, but I think we need to do something in the short term that can help these people get some relief for at least another year so they can have some time to really try to, you know, get themselves kind of going, you know, a year from now. So um, that's probably our biggest issue right now is that, and also everyone moving down here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's causing for massive traffic in our beach town. It yeah. is really, really bad. Well, it makes sense though, I guess in a supply and demand point of view, why maybe prices are going up because there's so many people moving there. And, and yeah, food has gone up. Chipotle has gone up like 30%. That's for sure. I think I spent like over $30 for two lunches one day. And I'm like, I'm never coming back, but I didn't mean that because I keep going back. 
Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't get rid of Chipotle. Um, but I have noticed like the price of vegetables have gone up. Um, you know, produce has gone up. Um, I would say, you know, meat is getting expensive. So yeah. Everything's going that. up. Everything's mm-hmm. going up. And it's, just, it's, it's sad. It, it's, it's because of the supply chains being uh, just choked out. And then you also have just the the governments who are doing it to the people, you know, there's ways to fix it. There's ways to lower it. I mean, especially when you have the federal government just printing money out of their ass, just like none other who, you know, that just that just lowers the value of the dollar, you know? Yeah. Um, You know, and and one thing that um, I really wanted to mention is that. This is also, see, every time there's a problem, there's always a solution. Always. Right? And every time you have a crisis, that's when you breed a lot of innovation. Because when a crisis happens, obviously what has been done is not working. So therefore, you need people who are innovators who can take a crisis and turn it into, um, you know, a, a good solution. So like with this, we have Alfie Oaks here locally, who is one of the biggest farmers in Florida. So, um, you know, with, when it comes to food, we know that he is someone who's been very paramount in our community for not only fighting for liberty, but staying open, not closing down. Um, you know, and he, he really contributes to entrepreneurs and people who want to, you know, run for these good causes. Like he's a, you know, very much a philanthropist. So, um, what I would say with that is to encourage people in their towns to start getting together and figuring out if we ever have to go back to a bartering system, who's gonna do what? Yeah. And this is why this ties into understanding what you were born for and what your purpose in life is. Because if we had to go back to a bartering system, which was essentially the original idea of mankind, right? Mm -hmm. Then we would still function. It would be, it would be like walking dead. It'd be a little harder. (laughs) (laughs) You have to go like then, you know, you'll fetch for things. But um, I really think this is a time for communities to start getting together and find out who's going to do what, who's going to be the farmer, who's going to be the blacksmith, who's going to be the carpenter, who's going to be the builder, who's going to be, you know, who are going to be the ones who are going to cook, who's going to, who's going to go hunt, who's going to clean the meat, who's going to cut it, who's going to distribute it. So um, my mom actually is from a small town in Salmon, Idaho. I don't know if you're familiar, you've ever been out there before? No, I haven't. Salmon, Idaho has like 3,200 people um, in their town. And when I go visit, I'm always just like, oh my gosh, they're so cute. They're so cute. <laughs> they literally have Amish communities. Yeah. They like, they make their own food, you know, they, their little hats and everything. They're so cute. These, you know, they have Amish communities. Um, you still have cowboys. You still have men who ride horses. Um, you just feel like you go back in time. And what I love about what they do as a whole community is that before winter comes, the men go out and they hunt, they bring back the animals and then other people in the community go into this like warehouse and they all work together to, uh, you know, skin the animals, uh, you know, wash them, cut them, chop them up and then distribute them. And then they distribute meat to everyone in the community so that they have meat for the winter. Mm. I like that. I like that. How? How is that not like, just make you feel like, man, we just got so far away from that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what does the Bible say? You know, the, the greed of money or the love of money. Or the love of money is the root of all evil. Exactly. Like money is not evil, but the love of it is. Exactly. The way, if you abuse it, then it's going to be evil. You know, right. Money is a resource. Yeah. It's a resource. It's a tool. It just helps people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but again, we have to, uh, there's so much I could get into, but I think oh my God, we can, we can honestly talk for hours. <laughs> I, know, I know we, uh, you know, we had, we got to get back to our roots. I'll just say that we yes. have to get back to our roots of us as a country. And then kind of getting back to what you were saying, just as people in general need to find out their identity. That's yes. what, that's what's going on. I've, I was on a radio show um, a couple months ago and I was talking about, you know, we, we as a society are very codependent 
And we need to break that cycle. We need to break that cycle and come back to knowing who we are and mm-hmm. God, because once we do that, then that's how we're going to win. And, yes. you know, we're, I totally believe we're in a third grade awakening right now. And that's what's happening is we're finding out who we are. And the more and more we do that, the better it's going to be. I really do believe that. Honestly, that is the only way that God originally wanted us to live is that one, we are in direct connection with him. We were never supposed to be disconnected from him, but that was a choice that man had made. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, you know, people know who they are. They're just really afraid to admit it because of the environment that they're in. And let me explain. Mm -hmm. When, When you get up and go to work every day, and you're like, oh, this job. and you're at that job because you have to pay your rent. Okay. It's not fulfilling and everyone knows it. And there's something deep down inside that they wish they'd rather be doing. Yep. But the reason why they're not doing that is because maybe they've been influenced by their family that, or their community or society, or trying to keep up with the Joneses. And so they think, well, you know, I don't want to be a starving artist. I don't want to be a starving musician. So I'm going to go work this job. Well, we're, God wants us to be back to where we know that what he put in us, which is what we want. That's why he says, I will give you the desires of your heart. Yep. Because if what you desire aligns with his word, then you know that that's your purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Or, it's, you know, it's a part of it. So, so it's, the self-discovery process is deep. Yes. But um, for example, um, I have a friend who um, worked for a you know, large corporation and he has been a writer and um, uh, he had came to my, my husband and I, and well, he was kind of talking about like, I don't really know, like, I kind of know what I want to do, but I don't really know how to make that jump. And so he came and talked to my husband and I, and my, my husband is actually one of the teachers for a program called the School of Influence, um, which is an umbrella under Miles Monroe, um, whom I spoke about earlier. Nice. Okay. Um, and we talked to him and we gave him two books to read. Mm. There's a book from Miles Monroe called The Spirit of Leadership. Mm. And there's another book that he wrote called The Power of Vision. And these two books coupled made him quit his job of 16 years, sole provider over his family with two children, quit his job, started his own business being a ghostwriter. Now he has to increase his prices because he can't, he has so much demand. <laughs> That's incredible. That's awesome. He, and now he's coming, he's in our classes. He's learning and understanding what this whole thing that the Bible kept talking about 347 times called the kingdom So, you know, he's now learning with us and, um, you know, in that program right now, but I mean, just to, that's what I do when I come across people, I help bring out what's in through influence, through encouragement, through being so confident that no, if if you know, you love this, I know you can do it. You know how I know, because it's a principle in life that when you are fulfilling what's been put inside of you, your creator who gave that to you is obligated to supply your needs as you're fulfilling that purpose. So that also kind of brings a question, which might even be good for another podcast is when people say, you know, well, I, I have a faith, but I'm struggling. Well, are you really fulfilling your purpose or are you in a religious institution who's telling you what to think? Exactly. Because the Bible says that if you basically fulfill your purpose, you do what God's instructed you to do. He's obligated to take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not being taken care of, you know, you haven't figured it out yet. Right. Right. There's some, I don't, I don't work full time. I don't work full time. My husband doesn't work full time and we're in the middle of an economic crisis. But all your needs are, are supplied. I'm paying 2180 in rent. I've got a car payment. I eat good food. Actually, COVID, I got COVID. I lost 15 pounds. I'm like, don't forget about that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I did. I lost 15 pounds. And I was like, 
Woo, coming out of my hibernation, skinny? Yes, gonna be great. Um, but yeah, but you know, that's that could actually be like another podcast that we could do is to yeah. really kind of talk about that because people that I have been talking to and helping have been quitting their jobs, fulfilling their dreams yeah. and are being taken care of in this economic downturn. Yep. So there are some secret keys I know, and this is why I need to be in county government. I love it. Come on. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we got to end it there. I want to keep on it's going. All good. That's just all the time that we have. But Deja, you are incredible. You're awesome. I You're love awesome, having Chris. you off or Thank having you. you on. And um, I, you know, I definitely want to have you on uh, more. So yeah, thank you willing. so much. Thank you for serving by doing a podcast. Absolutely. I just wanted to have you on just to share your message, share your awesome, um, your word, whatever you have. So, and then how can people get in contact with you, help donate to your campaign? You know, where Absolutely. do they need to go for you? Yeah. So I don't know if you want to throw this up in a text, but um, you can go to my website, which is www.votedeja.com. D-A-I-J-A. You can donate through my website. Um, I am going to be going through small changes as far as the way my look goes and everything, because as I said, I had a blow for consultant that didn't work out. So I'm doing, I'm doing things differently. So um, there will be some changes to that, but they can go to my website and donate. And also if anyone is interested in learning more about a self-discovery program, um, go to um, agentsforchangeinternational.com. Um, you can find them on Facebook. Um, you can also go to tristasue.com. Um, she is my mentor and she is the uh, visionary um, who's taken this from Miles Monroe and has passed it down and has it here in Naples. So, um, and I'm also part of that process. So there's a couple of different ways you can get in touch with me also Instagram and also on um, Facebook and YouTube. Okay. I'll go ahead and oh. link everything down below though, so you guys can go ahead and click on it if you guys want to, but Awesome. Deja, and once again, thank you so much. You are incredible. So we will, and I want to do more of these with you. So let's do it. I I'm always game. So let's go. Awesome. Well, ladies awesome. and gentlemen, thank you so much. You guys have a great rest of your day and we will see you on the next one. See you Bye. later. Have a good one. <laughs> wow, guys, that was incredible. I tell you what, she is amazing. She's full of energy. She's full of light. I am cheering her on. Guys, go ahead and make sure you go ahead and donate to her campaign because she is she's the real deal. She is the real deal. I only bring people on here that are the real deal. I like her. She's amazing. She's incredible. So go ahead and check out all of her links down below, especially go ahead and donate to her campaign. You don't even have to be in Florida to donate to her campaign. She's incredible. She's awesome. Uh, also, guys, go ahead and check out my patriotic merch shop. It is ChrisTubshop.com. You guys will like what's on there, some T-shirts, some hoodies, some stickers, some good stuff on there. So, alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to remind you to be who you are, be who God created you to be, to God bless America, and to stay free, ladies and gentlemen.